you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast is really feeling themselves. (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, surrounded by a room full of heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, and Patrick Claibon. Hey, Greg. We're back. I don't know. You're still making me sit in Dan's chair. No, well, why... comfortable for me. Why mix up my level of comfort you know, just to make you happier. So you, you're you more comfortable hosting the show and completely r- removing the necessity of Dan in general. Than no. Not I, I miss, I've never missed Dan more than this week. <laughs> Dan, Dan's gone doing a great job on Good Morning Football on his vacation. How about that, putting in some work That's time. next level vacationing when suddenly yeah. you just appear on a national television show and they're asking <laughs> your opinion in the middle of your vacation. That's a it's great... to do. I mean, that's an awesome move. You're coming back. I don't know if he had his family with him because, you know, they... You had to go down to Times Square for the show. But if, if he did, that's outstanding. You, you got your family. It's a boss move. Hey, come watch me on my nationally televised uh, show in Times Square, and then we'll go do I'd your be course. like, I'd be, because he's, he's in his Pearl River hometown, I would be dropping texts to, like, every ex-girlfriend, be like, maybe you just want to turn on this national <laughs> television station. That's why did you dump me 14 years ago? Big good move by or you. Or just, like, show up to Times Square and press your face against the glass. <laughs> And, and see what me and Kyle Brandt are up to. Mark, just send a one-word text to your ex that says winning. Yeah, well, that's implied. Yeah. So, so no Dan today, and not only that, but it's going to be our last podcast for a little while here as we spread out across the country for various family uh, visits on the East Coast. Both Mark and I are doing that. I don't know if Wes has any plans. I'm on the East, well, I'm on the Gulf Coast. Wes is going to the Gulf Coast, and for the first time since we've started this little podcast six years ago, we are just going dark next week. There's nothing. That's what happens with the Wednesday, July 4th. You know, it's tough to do the show before, after. it. You, you guys can live without the show for one week. It's a first. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm going to speak on behalf of <laughs> listeners here that might get worried, especially, you know, somebody misses a pod, and then they, they keep refreshing their app, and it's like, what's going on? Well, hopefully they'll listen to this episode, and, and they'll find out. Yeah, they're going to have gonna have to deal with it. It's what the archives are for. Sometimes I mean, this, you go back and watch an old movie. It, this, it, this is a bit of a power move, I would say. <laughs> like, it took us about six years, but I, this time we brought up kind of, you know, sometimes we'd pre-tape stuff. We brought up the concept. Well, it's July 4th. People are just going to be having fun. How about if we just let it breathe for a week? Would people die? Well, I would say specifically, Greg, when you brought that up, it changed the tenor. Because I feel sometimes it'd be like, yeah, let's just go dark for like two or three weeks. But Greg's like, no, we're doing three shows this week and next week. But when Greg brought it up, it's like, hmm, maybe this is really a group idea. 
That's how mine's changed. Well, it's, it made sense this time around. It's July 4th. But before we uh, we all take off, Claybon, you're probably – are you doing some news shifts next week? Are you yes. still working? Um, I'm sorry to kind of rub that in. It, no, it's okay. I, I am glad that you guys are going to be able to <laughs> do other stuff. Well, we, well, we are glad that you joined us for two shows this week, which, right? is, which is outstanding. Uh, and we, we – postponed the show just about 15 minutes today because Patrick Claybon in his real job capacity was handling a lot of big breaking news. We have a update in Jameis Winston suspension in the Jerry Richardson story. We have some more news, including Le'Veon Bell, a little trope alert. Mark Sessler has something very special from a listener coming up. And then finally, we're bringing back a segment that Chris Wessling came up with last year. So why don't you explain it, Chris? Pick the holiday when the hotshot rookie quarterback will displace the veteran quarterback. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can just come up with segments in the middle of June. This is a unique one. I mean, you're also, we haven't set this rule or boundary, but feel free to go beyond the United States for holiday. Mm. Okay. Oh, I plan to. We might not have <laughs> we might not have sound drops ready for those, but that's okay. Okay. There's, there's those national food days, like national. Uh, there's a holiday every day, day yeah. now. Yeah. So there's a lot to pick from. I don't like the I don't like that pretend stuff. But this like is St. Percival's Day. You know. This shows Tom the Savage Day. The <laughs> doesn't Savage exist. Day. This shows the level of importance our listeners have because we had a list kind of of okay during the quiet days. Here are some different cool ideas for shows we would do. And we were maybe going to do one of those this Thursday. But instead, one listener reminded of us of this segment that none of us actually remembered doing a year ago and really pushed for that. So, yeah, so happened. the listener successfully uh, convinced us to just redo a segment that we've done before, before an original, as you said, new cool idea that sits <laughs> on a list somewhere. So uh, the power of the listener, potentially dark evil. This was our buddy Christopher Watchin from Alaska who came up with the idea. One of our he's long days. Days. great, so he's, you know, he's, he's a wonderful listener. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Christopher. Let's do some news. Welcome back to Lindsay plays a wrestling drop that none of us are aware of. No, was it was, it's been 20 years since The Undertaker threw mankind. Thank oh, Claymon. I, I, I have Twitter. Okay. I, I have lots it. of wrestling knowledge, but it is. It is mostly pre-Undertaker. So that was a big-time moment in, in the history of wrestling. This was a great show to have Claybon on because Dan, I don't know. If, well, really, actually, he knows his Dan would have known that. Dan, Dan knows Dan, his Dan. wrestling. Yeah. Really, just for internet purposes because that call by Jim Ross has been edited onto so many other moments in right. sports that mm. it almost requires people to know about that moment in wrestling. Mm. I'm happy that you know who Jim Ross is. Uh, just honestly, <laughs> most of my 1998 was spent imitating Jim Ross. That is awesome. <laughs> I love it. That, I want it. Rod Hyans! Rod Hyans! <laughs> Bist didn't like Rod Hyans from the Rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, uh, that is amazing. I can't follow that up. Uh, one thing uh, that is not amazing for uh, Jameis Winston or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the three-game suspension that came down officially on Thursday, I think before the league office uh, takes off for a few days for the weekend. They got this news out there. Officially suspended for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. He will not appeal the ban. And this is very interesting to me because it is part of a negotiated settlement. The suspension stems from a female Uber driver accusing Winston of groping her in March 2016, although the story uh, didn't become public and the NFL was not aware of it until late last year. Uh, Winston released an apology. The NFL also released a, a pretty long statement uh, about the incident and about uh, the steps he needs to take uh, to comply with the suspension. Uh, we'll start with you, Wes. What what was your, your reaction, I guess, after reading the apology and, and what the NFL had to say? Well, the two things that stick out to me are the NFL saying that they did in fact conclude Winston violated the conduct policy by touching the driver in an inappropriate and sexual manner without her consent. So to me, that leaves very little doubt about what actually happened. And the other thing is a potential ban from the NFL if he violates the personal conduct policy. Again, those were my two big takeaways from the news. I feel like we have to remember that Winston denied all of this 
in a public statement last November. Vehemently. Right? And he, he and they and there were there were, it wasn't just the incident with the driver, it was how many people in the car, how the night unfolded. There was a complete lack of honesty um, from Winston about this entire case. So a lot of people tripping over the apology today. And I take issue with that because it's an apology when you've essentially been found out is different than issuing an apology as a lone person ahead of it. And I think there's a lot of fans out there that are asking, why only three games? And, and because it could be more. And I think that would be understandable. So Because it, of the pattern of behavior here? I'm just saying that the, for this kind of an act in the, in the, in the country we live in right now, is three games enough? For this, is that what the NFL is saying? This is what happens when a player goes and does this. You're out for three weeks of an NFL season. This is this is a well, six, starting six quarterback. Six is the baseline for domestic violence issues. The NFL has established that. Now they've moved off of that six based on other factors, whether it's the severity of the case. Who knows? Maybe it's partly this isn't of co- domestic violence either. No, no, that's true. But six. For any incident, sort of uh, either of a sexual or, or or domestic violence nature, it's usually that was sort of the baseline that they work off of, and they they make changes based on that. I think what leads to the confusion is well, initially what uh, Tom reported when we came on Tom Pelissero. This, this first, guy, yeah, my bad. Excuse me, Tom Pelissero, our NFL Network employee. He's a <laughs> NFL Network's own Tom Pelissero. Uh, was that this? Three games comes as a result of a settlement agreement between Winston's party and the NFL. And so that, that leads to, to a gray area. What My concern is, as with all these things, is what happened? I, I want to hear what happened, why it happened, what are we going to do about it? And as long as settlements are a part of the process, as long as, you know, more probable than not, like all of these all of these things lead to confusion because I think they tend to be confusing. Hmm. And, and there's no there's no motive to actually address what actually happened. Right. The league just said they, they examined an extensive amount of evidence, including telephone records, uh, business records, Uber records, and they also met with Winston and his lawyer and got you know statements from him. They believe that, that what the Uber driver said was credible. And one thing from the, the statement from Winston that really stuck out to me, and I'll, I'll just read it, the first paragraph of it at least, which is that first and foremost, I would like to say I'm sorry to the Uber driver for the position I put you in. It is uncharacteristic of me and I genuinely apologize. In the past two and a half years, my life has been filled with experiences, opportunities, and events that have helped me grow, mature, and learn, including the fact that I have eliminated alcohol from my life. Uh, Tom Pelissero, now this is me talking, said that he, he had quit drinking alcohol, uh, apparently believed he had, he had an issue with alcohol uh, almost a year ago. Uh, he has had changes in his life. He's about to have a kid for the first time. He's, he's engaged. Uh, we saw the Jameis Winston, I guess, that kind of the NFL films wanted us to see on some level. But he is a complicated guy in that not only is he the leader of the team and in theoretically the face of the franchise, a guy that you're putting up on posters on the side of the building. He's also a guy that people in the building, they don't just say, okay, he's our leader. They say, like, this is one of the greatest leaders We've ever been around. I've never believed in a guy more. Jason Light talking about the moment he drafted Jameis Winston. The ownership has supported Jameis Winston really strongly, including in the last few months. This isn't just before all this happened. This is recently. So they believe in him despite the evidence, I guess, and and the suspension. And and to to go back to it, as part of this two-year journey of growth, is a statement from last November where he says, I believe the driver was confused as to the number of passengers in the car and who was sitting next to her. The accusation is false. And he goes on to say that in our current climate, you know, it's important to tell the truth, etc. And so I just, I don't know. I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it as, no, probably, no. a, as this big journey of growth. And it's, it's a mea culpa because, you, because you've been found out, because you've been caught. To, you, to your point, Greg, with, um, with Jason Light and other people being just effusive with praise of Jameis and the person he is. I think when you have a societal issue like the way that we treat women, there's always there's going to be no shortage of people that are willing to say nice things about how somebody has grown and how somebody has accomplished this and how they're a nice person other than that. Um, right. There still needs to be accounting for what somebody actually did. And in any apology where somebody says, this isn't indicative of the person I am, if it's something that you did, yes, it's... It's it not the whole story, because right, but there is a part that we saw on Hard Knocks where Jameis Winston 
did show incredible leadership skills. He did right. seem to be beloved by teammates. And like you saw, I, I do think that that part is all there too. It's a complex mixture, but this is part of the Jameis Winston experience right now. Yeah, and it, it, the potential ban, you know, permanent ban that the NFL mentioned is going to be hanging over his head. He's going to miss the first three games of the season. That's going to be kind of hanging over him and, and this team as he moves forward. He still has two years left on his contract. Uh, Jerry Richardson, the owner of the former owner of the Carolina Panthers, who actually will officially let go of his ownership of the team in the next couple of weeks. He hasn't been banned lifetime by the NFL, but he essentially did it to himself. And the NFL announced on Thursday that he was fined $2.75 million after concluding an investigation by the league, which did find evidence that substantiated claims of workplace misconduct against the owner. Uh, As you know, if you've been following this story, uh, he decided to sell the team uh, pretty soon after Sports Illustrated uh, first broke this story, and that sale has been approved. $2.25 billion. David Tepper uh, will officially be the owner in July. But Richardson going out uh, really in shame, uh, a guy that was the only NFL owner who had ever played in the NFL, uh, brought the NFL to Carolina, and I think ultimately this is w- what he's going to be remembered for is how he went out. How else would would it- you like to see the NFL handle this. He lost his franchise. He did get over $2 billion for it, but he lost his franchise. He's now getting fined almost $3 million. Those fines, that money is going to uh, address race and gender-based issues in and out of the workplace. It's going to good causes. How else would we like to see this handled? I think this was handled appropriately outside the fact that we don't, again, we don't have a lot of information on what it is they found. Yeah, I, that's specifically the change that I would like to see in terms of handling it. I'd, I'd like to know, they said they found things that weren't included in the SI report. I'd like to know specifically what those things are. Because uh, I think if, if it's something that we want to address, if it's something that we want to donate to charities about, uh, the very least we could do is highlight instances of where these things happen and the results that come from them. And so I would, I would prefer to know. Um, I certainly understand the NFL's motivation to not know, but it does come across as a bit hypocritical to me. Yeah, you, you don't find out, and it is interesting in the light of that other owners have you know, lightly defended Jerry Richardson, or some have just come out and, and defended him straight out in, in the months since this story first happened. Like, how, how is he going to be treated? The, the question was even raised on our network is there any mechanism in place to make him pay this money? I would imagine he would pay the money because it would just seem insane to me uh, for him to make a deal out of not paying this money. But he's 81 years old and he he can do whatever he wants to do. I I can't imagine he wants to take on a public battle uh, like that at this stage in his life. Uh, And I just think we should look back to the Sports Illustrated report, which kind of came out of nowhere. And it's a reminder, journalism, it matters. Like, it does make changes. None, him losing his franchise and and everything that has come since then uh, with the with the accusers in this case and everything else wouldn't have happened if they didn't. No, and it gives story. them a voice where they would have had no voice when you're trying to go up against a billionaire. I'm curious if his statue outside the the stadium stays there. Statue seems to be in a, a shaky place from a from a PR angle. I think I, I wouldn't keep it up. Yeah, and, uh, is it is it still is it still there? Because it would seem like in the dark of night that it would be one of those things where I don't I don't know. I be- maybe it's not. I I, I, be- I believe it is, but but to your point, yeah, uh, Wes. Unless there was some sort of legal matter that you could follow up with him, I mean he he's going to be living with this. He basically everything that he built up over his years in the NFL are going to be tainted by this. I have to imagine that's something that that would be haunting for someone at the later period of life. Not that not that it's not just uh, punishment, but that's just how it is. Yeah, the his money's still going to spend fine. You know, his family is still going to be able to benefit. <laughs> True. And uh, you know, he was able to do things based on his position, and and uh, that other people would have had real consequences for. And mm-hmm. um, for that, he's going to, instead of netting $1.6 billion, he's going to net $1.54 billion. So. 
It's all fair points. <laughs> someone, uh, someone netting some money on a happier note. It's like Dan leaves and just the yeah, NFL this, I mean, just this is a- falls apart. Hey, it's the news. We're, we're going to cover it. Daniil Hunter getting paid five years, $72 million. I thought that uh, the highlight of his you know year would be John Gruden saying he had the perfect body <laughs> of any player in the NFL. If he could be any one man, he would be a Daniil Hunter. But I would rather have the money that Daniil Hunter is making. $15 million signing bonus, $40 million You can chase guarantees. that body. You could, you, Greg, if, I you, could if not. you wanted to start to put in the work, no, you could. Wouldn't matter. I, I could put in... You could I go could, on a major like gain campaign. I could spend every minute for the rest of my life solely working on my body and nutrition, and I would never be like Daniil Hunter. I don't know about that. You'd be, I'm you'd, five be your, five. you'd be your version of him though and it would you would like ne- people that hadn't seen you in 3 years What is my version of of him getting I'm me? saying if you went if it's you like, went Greg Ro- down a path where Greg Rosenthal was going to start to take like endless quantities of protein lifting every no. day major gains like can you just disappear for 2 years No what's it going to do for me like th- that version of me is like Andrew Siciliano it's not really going to make that big <laughs> of a, a difference I don't know It's not going to make that know. big of a difference You never know Let's uh, let's give Daniel Hunter a, a little love. Mark, you lo- used to love this Vikings team because they're a badass defense, because they're homegrown, and this is kind of another one of those signings. Well, they, it reminds me of now they did they, they did go out and spend a ton of money on Kirk Cousins, but at the combine, that their coach, their GM, everyone you talked to said we are not going to forget about the this team on a whole and what we are. We are not just going to be a team built around one quarterback and all the money. Go dries up everywhere else. It's a sign that they 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 drafted this player, they developed him, and Daniel Daniel Hunter's the kind of guy that a couple seasons ago, it, I felt like it showed who was watching game pass and who wasn't because mm. he would pop in some games and you would just be like, who is this dude? Because he wasn't a star, he hadn't been anointed by John Gruden as having an amazing physique yet, <laughs> and but they knew and they knew what they had, and I think this this is a good contract for a player that. That is it's a victory for the Vikings when you develop your own players this way. He's only 23. That's they, right. That's outrageous. They keep handing out these long-term deals one, one after another. So many teams would love to have that problem. Yeah, you, right. you have to pay Harrison Smith. You've got to pay Everson Griffin. You've got to pay Anthony Barr, Stephon Diggs. Eric Neil Kendricks Hunter, got one. Xavier well, Rhodes Kendrick, got one. In bad teams, and we saw the Rams do this under Jeff Fisher before they changed the complexion of how they operate – in a way that to make it look like they're developing these players, they overpay mediocre talent, and then suddenly you're in t- salary cap hell with a bad roster, not the Vikings. And I think we've seen teams starting to acknowledge the window, right? And the Vikings have embraced this window, and they're going to go at it. And what I love about Daniil Hunter getting paid is guys that come in as edge rushers who are 6'4", 6'5", 230, 240, and teams are allowing them to be that player. And not saying, well, here's what you need to do. You need to put on 30 pounds and become absolutely <laughs> immobile and be yeah. bad, and you'll be out of the league in three years. It, I, I, I appreciate that. I think it's good. Pay it's everybody. A, it's a lighter NFL, and this contract reminds me so much of the Everson Griffin contract that they gave out. Not the third one, the second one. Before he was really a big name, people were like, wow, you're going to give Everson Griffin that kind of money. Because Daniel Hunter, he still needs to figure out how to finish plays. He was in the top 10 in the NFL in hurries. Uh, but of the top 20 players in hurries, he had the fewest amount of sacks and hits combined. So he still needs to finish, but he's disruptive. He's great. And like Griffin... It's just- that, that it's going to end up being a bargain. Like the Griffin contract, by the end of it, he's going to be the kind of guy like, oh, wow, he's underpaid because the league will just keep going. Because he's 23 years old. Right. And he's got 20 <laughs> sacks in the last two years. Right. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell looking for that kind of money. It's it's a shame almost that running backs like Bell can't get Evers and Griffin type of money, uh, but he's trying to do so. He has until July 16th to sign a long-term deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's him and every franchise player before uh, they have to put a wrap on any possible negotiations. He was on our air this week on the Top 100 Players of 2018 Reaction Show, and he did say that they're a little closer this year in terms of the, mon- in terms of the money and the negotiations than he was a year ago. Uh, he did say, of course, he wants to sign a contract. Uh, he doesn't want to have a replication of what happened after last year, but if it came down to that, that's what he's got to do. 
It's funny because he has been all over the map on this issue since January. At first, he and Art Rooney both came out and said they were optimistic about a deal. And then Bell kind of reversed course and threatened a rerun of last year where he sat out training camp. And now he's saying, I don't want to sit out training camp. I'm optimistic about a deal. But if I have to sit out training camp, that's what I'm going to do. It's. I mean, they were talking about him wanting $17 million per season. And the highest paid running back is Devonta Freeman, who's making... Eight point two five million, but if you're if you're Le'Veon Bell, you look out there and say Saquon Barkley is making seven point eight a year. You have got to pay like me more than just this low level price tag from running backs. But he's in a position group with not a lot of leverage. I don't see the Steelers ever going anywhere close to seventeen million. Do you? And no. that's and that's the thing. Due to the violent nature of the game and the position itself, like when are when is a running back going to get a contract that sets the market? That's well, he could. Reasonable. He could. I think he turned down a contract that would have set the market. Right. He could. It's just what level. And I don't blame him for going for it because he is worth it. Uh, be, you know, he had 400 touches. And if you're the Steelers, you're right. They'd probably live with him just showing up on September 1st, paying him $14 million and see how he looks a year from now. But he is worth so much more. And so I love him pushing for it. Because is he really? I think he is. He's worth what the market will give him. Sure, but you can say that about any position, and a lot of the market dynamics are strange. In terms of value to a football team, I think a big-time running back who doesn't leave the field really tilts the field towards that team. And there's only about there's about six, seven guys like that, and Bell is one of them. How it's, much do you think he would get if he hit the open market? 15 to $17 million. I don't. I do, because... Because I think people recognize it's part of the reason why you're drafting Todd Gurley so early. Not with the workload he's had in his age. Well, it's a difficult hypothetical because he can't. Right, right, right. But I guess I'm I'm talking just sort of globally, like, is he worth more than Olivier Vernon to your football team? I believe that he is. I I, I believe that that. this idea that pass rushers have to be worth – is he worth more than um, than, – Daniel Hunter, yes, he is. Like he's worth more than those guys, and so just kind of cosmically, I think he's worth it. But your patch then would be that these other four or five backs that that are at, almost as impactful need to be making more than they will. Though two. I think Zeke will get it on his second contract in Gurley because this is your last contract. I mean, if you're Le'Veon Bell, you're 26. This is your chance. This is why you fight for this because you're not going to get this chance again. They're not going to redo your deal two years from now. And I, I, I think that the market for running backs for a player like him, is it's low, but it is what it is. The closest player to him is probably David Johnson, who also wants a new right. contract. If so it'll be interesting. If I'm the Steelers and you're a little worried about the workload long term, you give him like 32 fully guaranteed over two years. Is he, would he take that? I don't know. Maybe he's not going to take that. Or, or you give a fully guaranteed three-year deal, not get too my, my one question is, does his own NFL journey lower his value in the sense that they got him at pick 48? He's a second-round player that has turned into a star. These running backs are going in the second and third round and turning into major fantasy stars and major real-life stars. And But you can get that. You don't have to use a top three pick to get Le'Veon Bell in the current draft scenario. And I think that's the difference between him and Olivier Vernon. It's easier to find running backs than pass rushers. It might, it, hmm. but it's not easier. Teams to find must Le'Veon believe that. Bell. Right? I don't know. But, if it's but teams easier. are comfortable to to yeah. pick in whatever running back they want and throw yeah. them in there. I guess I, I'm thinking in this current NFL with the the passing the way it is, not coming off the field and being that dynamic as a receiver, just the yards that he's put in, having Gurley, Johnson. Maybe Alvin Kamara is going to be that kind of guy. Having one of those six or seven guys, it's like it's only, it's not like having a franchise quarterback, but it's a difference maker that other teams. Don't, do not I have. completely agree with you, but I feel like the teams have come up with a com- different conclusion here, yeah. right. money-wise. That's fair. Uh, Nick Foles uh, is not one of those quarterbacks that's making a lot of money, uh, but he's making some headlines. And he caught Chris Wesseling's eye in Uh-oh. a performance <laughs> on First Things First on Fox. And Chris was impressed by the message that Nick Foles was sending about kind of returning to life as a backup. I think our listeners should find this article and read it because rarely is there an interview from an NFL football player that I want to hear that opens my eyes, that's enlightening. And Nick Foles just kind of like, I'm, I've done a 180 on him. I was wrong you about who he was. I ago. killed him in the playoffs and I was dead wrong. And his speech after the Super Bowl was one of the most eloquent I've ever heard. This was one of the most eloquent interviews on 
what on the nature of being a teammate means that I've ever heard. And to me, it explains, I think, the big issue of the offseason. A lot of people want to know what's going to happen with Nick Foles. Where is he going? What are the Eagles going to get for him? Will he stay there and back up Carson Wentz? And he says, this is why I'm staying here. This is why the Eagles want me here. This is why I'm okay with backing up Carson Wentz. I want him to become a legend. I'm happy with where I am with the Eagles, the opportunities that were given to me could have led to toxic situations outside of the Eagles. I'm willing to do all this for 2018. We'll see what happens in 2019. I mean, quality this, of life matters. But yes. I, and also, happiness and peace of mind matter. This, 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 is not someone, <laughs> right? this is not someone who's full of fear because some players are wondering how long will their career go on? How do you make as much money? How do you maximize? And Nick Foles at one point, admitted to losing his love for football entirely and wanting to retire and being comfortable with the idea of moving on to another phase of his life. You come back, it's not that everything's gravy, but the story since for him is you're not alone, Wes, in in thinking that the Eagles were dead the minute Nick Foles took the field. And it's one of those things, Jeff Hostetler, if you're Nick Foles, these things happen every once in a while where where the narrative of the quarterback and the person who is the quarterback completely changes the fate of a team. And Nick Foles, the person, was awesome. And I totally agree with that Super Bowl interview. And I think he blew people away. And it confirmed what everyone inside the team had been saying about Nick Foles for a month that no one wanted to pay attention to. It is also, I will say, annoying that every time an athlete is an even vaguely interesting, it's such a shock to us because 99.9% of them are hideously boring. Oh, and sound- not are, in real life, they are but when, when there's a microphone in front of them. They're okay. trained not to say anything. Not, yeah. not as people, but in front of the microphone. And it's because, yeah. they, because nine out of ten times, they're going to get stung by saying something real. And, but, and sometimes the people asking them the questions are horribly boring as well. No That's doubt. true. And, and they're trying to cater it to a... a audience that some of them can be hard right and, and as well too and yeah. one of the reasons like you wrote about this and you you wrote happiness is contagious is because he can speak eloquently about it but there's also another world where like people almost if he wasn't as eloquent almost criticize the notion that like oh what you don't want to like go lead your team right absolutely which is, which is which is silly well how much of professional sports is is peer pressure peer pressure to come off of what makes you happy from agents from competitions with your teammates to see who can earn the most money. Right. It's the trappings of success. And Nick Foles is saying, I don't care as much about the trappings as I do about my own well, and money, inner peace. People get almost offended in today that like if people don't try to max out right. their money. But why and not try like, to max out happiness instead? Right. And not saying you shouldn't try to max out your money, but it's that up to that person to max out whatever he wants. Right. And that, that, that's up to him. And the Eagles did take care of him. Right, uh, right. Which he, which he enjoy that honeymoon in yeah. Philly. He's a freaking hero. He is like he's Rocky Balboa for the next year. Yeah, there. Carson Wentz is going to have to live in Philadelphia for the next decade and walk past a Nick Foles statue <laughs> at some point. I'm not really. Let's put the violins away for Carson Wentz. Yeah, let's go no, top saying, of the world himself. No, he's he's doing great, but Nick Foles is put always up that statue. Have this. Nobody knock down the Richardson statue and put it up. Put up Nick Foles. By the way, Nick Foles in not, Charlotte. Not ex- yeah. not, has not <laughs> taken like a, a vow of poverty here. By the way, just he no, he has maximized and made a ton of money for what Nick Foles, the football player, yeah. has been. He ma- he's making an absolute ton of money. Yes. So he's doing know. fine. He's doing fine. He's in the right place for Nick Foles. And uh, the uh, we can also start planning. Perhaps a Ryan Switzer statue <laughs> over in Oakland. Uh, we're going to wrap up the news. Dan's not here. So, the, so like a slow news day is like, well, it's not that slow, but it's like 35 minutes long. It's, it's just the show is just going to go on and on forever. We're going to wrap it up with a little bit of a, a trope alert. And uh, trope alert. I really enjoyed this trope alert. Trope alert. And it was trope from alert. John Gruden unprompted saying Ryan Switzer's really caught my eye. He's coming here not only as a punt returner, kick returner, he's been a force as a slot receiver. He's done uh, really well. And this combines so many different tropes <laughs> that I like, which is like small, skinny slot receiver uh-huh. impresses in the offseason. And then more importantly, it, it offers a new trope that people forgot about, and that's John Gruden blows sunshine up some guys, you know Johnny what, sunshine. in the offseason – only to like ruthlessly release him in August. So it's like a trope alert that's lead, and that's what he did in Tampa. People forget it wasn't just as an announcer. Uh, so you're calling this? This is a trope alert. Yeah. I th- you're 100 percent right, and it, it it takes uh, necessary attention away from the traded for Martavis Bryant, who could be suspended <laughs> at any moment. Yeah, this is simple math. Super agile player in non-contact drills impresses 
the master of the hype bunny. Mm. I mean, that's just simple math. Of course it's going to happen. And it's it's rare that somebody is impressive, like that impressive, to elicit effusive praise in so many different things. Like, pick the one thing that they're impressive at mm. and, and tell me about it. Like, don't run over the entire list of things he does. It's yeah. it's a nice little dig at the Cowboys, too, potentially. I mean, if, if it does work out with him, it's the Cowboys dumped as Bryant, which I think we understand why that happened. But you get rid of you get rid of him as well, Switzer, and you have no real true lead receiver in Dallas at all. So no. you can't be rooting if you're Jerry Jones, you're not rooting for Switzer to to to, to do what Gruden says he's going to do. No, I just I, I just remember this in Tampa covering this that he would we would write a Roto World post and be like, wow, this guy's going to be like the number one receiver, okay. and then it'd be Monday and be like, the Bucks cut, you know, yeah. Michael Clayton <laughs> or whatever, and be like, oh wait, what are, what are you saying? How does one perform as a bad punt returner or kick returner in practice. All you have to do is catch the ball. Cowboys were not in love with him. And there was, unfortunately, like a moment in uh, watching All or Nothing where I was like, that's when they decided they might be done with Ryan Switzer. <laughs> he just had a tough he had a tough spot in a big game, and I was thinking like, okay, that they were done with him right then. That's the news. 35 minutes of news in the middle <laughs> of June. So let's uh, move on to our uh, listener that Mark got a letter from. I'm excited about. Yeah, this. I, I, know. I think this, like you know, you we hear from our listeners all the time, and 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 they are creative, they are awesome, we love them, and this one stuck out to me though. It is from a gentleman named Homero Meyer. Oh, okay, like that name. A little letter. I will read it to you. Thank you, Mark, for the past five years. Five years, I've been listening to the Around the NFL podcast. You guys have been such close friends to me. I live in Brazil, and as you may know, football around here isn't a common subject matter even though I own a football team in Brazil. That's all right. Now you got my attention. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That's right. I'm I am some sort of Jerry Jones, a moneyless one. <laughs> it's been a long and dark journey through uncertainties, and you guys ride alongside me since the first episode of the show. Me, you, and my love for football. It may be hard for you to understand how important it is to me to hear you like talking football throughout the whole year. I needed to learn everything so fast. I needed to understand how far the strings go. I needed to drown myself in its culture. I created and run the Moon Howlers, a Curitiba-based team in southern Brazil. And he goes on to basically I've explain, just found him on Instagram. What this a is, great name for a team, the yes. Moon, moon Howlers. Howlers. I love it. I hope they have a picture of a wolf howling at the moon. Well, they have their own they have their own Instagram account, <laughs> at Moon Howlers. So that follow great. it. <laughs> But yeah, if you go check out the photos, it is a legit football team. He started as a linebacker, then he became a coach, and now he's their general manager and owner. And he's also, the other thing I love is that because he, he acknowledges that it's not football, they want to grow it all this over. This is the George Hallis of I Brazil. Know. He's, a very, he's, he's very industrious from what I can gather because, you know, none of this had to happen. And he's now helping, working with other wannabe coaches and general managers around Brazil to grow the sport throughout the entire country. So wow. what did you accomplish in the past year? I haven't become a player, coach, then owner, and then whatever. Yeah. Is he Nothing. running the league yet? Check out, I don't check know. out yeah, at Moon Howlers on Instagram. I got to get one of those uniforms. Those, oh, yeah. Those are fire right there. They're kind of like the old school Packers one, but more badass, like, but black. But it's an argument, like Greg, it. to not go dark next week. He's telling us he needs these shows all year round. So, oh. you know, what football team will not be born because we go on vacation for a week? I feel like, uh, Homera, if you're listening out there, let us know how we can buy some uh, apparel. I want to wear, I, I wear some. There's, food, there's, a store on the, there's a store <laughs> on the <laughs> website. Oh, okay. There we go. It's the Wolf Store. How has no... We're, we're selling it for him. How has <laughs> yeah. no major American sports franchise ever never thought of Moonhowlers as a, as a name? Great name, too. Homero Meyer. It's like, Correct. it hits you. You're like, okay, here's a Brazilian dude. And then you hear at the end, you're like, um, maybe he's Jewish, too. I don't know. There's a, it's a very lot. possible. It's he's a great a, combo. He's got many storylines, obviously. Wow. I'm glad you shared that with us. Uh, and now I feel guilty about my decision to take the show away next week. It wasn't my decision. <laughs> <laughs> It was Mark Brady, you know, the, the shadowy league figures. We, you know, we're beholden to no one. We have no sponsor tying us down right now. We have one coming in, in July, but no sponsor to put up the show. So All we right. move on. All right. We're back doing a segment that we <laughs> completely forgot about. So I don't know if that's a sign that, it, that it's not a great segment, but I think it's a, we had a lot of fun doing it. And once we heard from the listeners, I think it's, 
it's it's, it's an amazing. It segment is a home run segment. That's going to be a celebration of football and different holidays to get excited for in the fall season. We are going to go through the rookie quarterbacks, and we're going to pick each one of us what holiday they will start their NFL career as a starter. And uh, I think we should just go in order in in terms of how they were drafted. So we're going to start right at the top. Everyone understand the rules? I mean, it's a little complicated, but... (laughs) Well, the only question I have... I mean, we can also... We're not predicting injury, but it may not be that every every case the starter's displaced, but there are some... You can put whatever context you want with it. Let's start with uh, Baker Mayfield, Mark. Um, I have Baker Mayfield uh, taking over the number one spot on November 4th. Now... I do believe the Browns, if Tyrod Taylor is... What holiday is that? That is People's Unity Day, (laughs) a very famous holiday on the Russian Orthodox calendar, November 4th, People's Unity, People's Unity Day, sorry. So I think think this could be the product of of an injury or Hugh Jackson finds himself in a very tight spot and the the cry for Baker Mayfield, your number one first overall pick sitting there on the sideline is just too much for Mm. the coaching staff to... With st- with so what's old. their record roughly around then, do you think? Well, it can't be great. Under 500. I, but I, I do also think Tyrod Taylor, if you look at his career, he's sort of guaranteed to miss two games a season or something, you know, for some malady. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump in and go with Thanksgiving. Right, right after Thanksgiving, I believe it's week 13. There's a little Thanksgiving music. Everyone associates Thanksgiving with music. <laughs> right. I t- Unlicensed Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So- <laughs> Listen to the words. Ah, wow. She nailed yeah. it. She nailed nice. it. Nice. All over it. I generally it. associate Thanksgiving with my birthday every year. Oh. It's, and seeing as the Browns have that game against the Bengals on November 25th, which is will be on 35th birthday, that my birthday Ooh. is the day that they'll use the bye week before that. Mm, give, three Novembers. To give uh, Baker a little chance. That, w- that was my logic. It was right before the bye week. I think Tyrod will play well and they'll actually put up some offense, get enough people excited. But at best, I'm going to give them a four and six record around then. And so that'll be enough. They're four and gonna, six would be dreamy. See, they're just going to see the kid. <laughs> Oddly enough, I also have Patrick's birthday as the yeah. day when Baker Mayfield will take over. 35, baby. 35. Thanksgiving. Uh, On top of the world. Got to track these. Let's some, someone out there please track these. I love the bright and exuberant smile on Mark's face <laughs> as he thought about four and six. Oh, right. are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. You're on a, You're on back in the promised land. It's exactly four, four and six and he was like, daddy like, daddy like. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, Sam Darnold. And why don't we why don't we start with you, Claybon? Uh Sam Darnold. My early pick uh, last year was Labor Day for Tom Savage. Okay, uh, I'm not. I'm not going uh, Labor Day. I will go Columbus Day, which mm. is just because it's a shame that it's a holiday in the first place. <laughs> but I think um, Columbus Day takes here. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a hot take. No, there's um, there's so much going on in the Jets' quarterback room, but they did so much to get Darnold, and, and mm. I think it, it it only makes sense to just give him an opportunity, even though he might be the least ready. Of everybody, um, I don't think anybody would be mad, and I don't think mm. Sam is going to wilt mentally or something if it doesn't go well. Yeah, it's our it for people overseas. It's our national day uh, to celebrate. You know, some guys getting lost on the way to go pick <laughs> yeah. out some seasonings. <laughs> so. Hey, seasonings drove a lot. Yeah, it's like let's get some more spices. Oh, we got lost. Mm. Let's make a holiday. Yeah, Wes, how about you? You know, I was going to go with Veterans Day which is about a month later than Columbus Day. But Patrick made a good point. You, you give up that much to get him, you're going to want to see him. And I know Josh McCown or Teddy Bridgewater could hold down the fort. I just don't think the Jets are good enough for those guys to look good holding down the fort. Yes. So I think they, they won't be able to resist the temptation. I'm going, I'm going to stick with the Columbus Day. I am Claybon and I are simpatico here. What week is Columbus here. Day? What week is Columbus Day, roughly? That's typically or, around October day? 10th or 11th. It's like um, week 4th or 5th? Week, week 4 or 5, five. Yeah. October okay. 8th okay. is... Um, well, that's, Columbus the day, day. that's the day after Josh McCown right. gets whacked by the Denver Broncos. Right. Columbus Day is... That's, w- yeah. 
Columbus Day is one of those holidays that, as an adult, you forget. Like if you to- if you just convinced me it was in April, like I would believe you, <laughs> because we've never had Columbus Day off or anything. Like it has no meaning to us. At oh, this I point. feel the exact. So I don't remember. I, I don't it was remember. In May or... I have no idea when it. No, is. it was a day off from school, and it was yeah, typically October tenth or eleventh. So okay. highly on my radar. I'm I'm going uh, <laughs> I'm going earlier. I'm going Labor Day. Put up put the Labor Day music on. Week one. Oh, yeah, Labor Day. Everyone's chilling. He's having a great weekend. McCown and the family is maybe coming over, just having a couple, you know, this this seems like a clean living type of uh, quarterback room. So I think they're just going over and families and they're hanging out by the pool, getting ready for week one. Makes a lot of sense. Definitely a quarterback room I'd like to hang out in. And like yeah. Discuss things with. I feel Teddy, like between Teddy and Josh. Josh yeah. Good people. I think that's a good people room. But I, I, my, my thought is he's gonna show enough in the preseason that they're just gonna be like, why wait? Why bother? This is obviously the guy, and we love him. Let's I have um, September sixteenth, which is Wife Appreciation Day. <laughs> uh, and here's my thinking: because that's September sixteenth is the day of their Week Two game against the Dolphins. So what I see is the Jets trying to get a little cute with the. Josh McCown thing, and they, they go in on a nationally televised game in week one in Detroit, get banged by the Lions, and okay. they suddenly hit the panic button because you've got a front office and a coaching staff that they can say, you know, we're the, we're the, we're the guys that, that drafted Sam Darnold, and if he's good and we don't play him because we've all been fired by the end of the season, then the next, the next guys get him. So we're going to try him out, and they're, they're, they're planned to, like, let's mm. sit him until, you know, the right time and get him in, like, week two. So what day is that again? Wife Appreciation Day. Now, Greg, I don't understand gonna, why you wouldn't know that holiday. That, that seems gonna, like it'd be important for you to know that. You're going to be here. What are you going to be doing that day? You're going to be here. Well, know, there's it's, taping podcasts. There's 24 watching hours in a day. There's plenty of time to appreciate the significant. I other. hear what you're saying. You're saying at night. That's Mark and Simone time. That is not what I. That's what you said. Let's go, Josh <laughs> Allen of uh, the Bills. I'll kick us off, uh, and I'm going off the board here. Uh-oh. I say he's starting on Dia de los Muertos. And uh, for people Day that don't dead. know, Day of the Dead. For people that don't know, uh, that's the Mexican holiday celebrating uh, those who have those who have passed. It's not Halloween. I know it looks a little spooky. It's the same time of year, November 1st and 2nd. And uh, I just got to give a shout out. The best baked goods with this holiday. We got a Mexican bakery right next to us. And the Dia de... I look forward to it every year just, just for that. Delicious. Well, I mean, we, we, back in Spanish class, I don't know if I'm the only one, we cooked dead bread. Yeah. For yeah, this, that's for what this holiday. That's what it's so, called. Yeah. The little sugar on top. You got the little, the skull. It's, I mean, this music, you've got baked goods, death sounds, not as terrible as you think. Yeah, it's, a, it's a delicious. Actually, it is a, it is a sweet holiday where it really is like a, a family holiday uh, that they, they come together. And I think this is kind of the part of the year where the Bills family will have realized... <laughs> We just wasted eight weeks on AJ McCarron and Nathan. The Bills Peterman. aren't wasting eight weeks on. No, McCarron they're not. Peterman. They're just gonna. They're just gonna. They're gonna give those two guys a chance because Josh Allen's. Nah. He's not really ready, but they're just gonna let them each out there to nah. see what happens just, and wait that long. I'm going National Aviation Day. <laughs> so I didn't know. I didn't August, know we were allowed to go. August nineteenth. <laughs> okay. It's gonna take about two preseason games or three preseason games for them to to say Josh Allen has more talent in his middle in his little finger than both of these quarterbacks have in their entire bodies we cannot resist the obvious difference in talent between these guys josh allen starts before the preseason is over <laughs> i like it yeah, i'm i'm not i'm with you greg uh two quarterbacks in front uh we've seen their willingness to go to nathan peterman in the midst of a playoff race um we're seeing positive nathan peterman quotes now he's taking first team reps they brought aj in i think allen's gonna have to wait for both of those guys to start so i am choosing Veterans Day is my Josh Allen day just to give uh, oh oh yeah it's like a Toby <laughs> Keith great holiday <laughs> America November 11th this year <laughs> Veterans Day so that's probably wow. that's even later that's probably week that's, that's week, week 10 against week, the Jets. Week 10. Yeah, five five weeks of, of AJ and, and Peterman. And they go the reverse. They have, then they have a bye week after so he gets to rest after being thrown into the fire here I, I'm going here with um the very famous North Korean holiday of Party Foundation Day, uh, which is October 10th, Greg, if you don't, if I know I the other know. two know when that is, I, but that's October 10th. I can't and, wait for Party Elimination Day in this country. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I think, I think that puts them at week six, mm. and I, 
feel like Josh Allen is the... Well, it's all going to depend what he does in the preseason. He can look really good. He can look very raw. But there's no way... This reminds me of last year's Denver quarterback room where we were saying it. All three of these guys are going to get a start, if not multiple starts. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to take till Decem- December 23rd to get Josh Allen in there. Mm. What was the holiday again? Party Foundation Day, Greg. Mm. North Korea. North Korea. <laughs> North Korea. <laughs> I was going to give a shout out to, to South Korea for quite a performance in, in the World Cup and especially like the videos after where Mexicans are just hoisting random South Koreans on their shoulders. That's awesome. But I guess it's a little different. Well, you just did give a shout to I it. did. Yeah. I wanted to. Why not? <laughs> You've done it. Let's your world. Do, let's do Josh Rosen. Wrap, actually, it's not wrapping it up because we got another fifth uh, rookie quarterback. Josh Rosen uh, might have to wait behind Sam Bradford, but how long will he have to wait? Patrick Claybon. I am extending the calendar. I believe in San Bradford for some reason. I'm going to go New Year's Day. It's going to be 2019. Wow. I like it. Starts again. That's amazing. Well, I I believe in San Bradford, but I don't believe in his ability to ward off injuries. I'm going Halloween, but I do think he's going to win the job. And Christian Kirk, their rookie wide receiver, just said this week – Based on what the coaches have said and the way it's looking, I'm pretty sure Sam Bradford is going to be the starter. I'm almost in lockstep with you, Wes, because mm. I have it on Journalist Day. Oh. November 8th. But that still exists. Without even looking at their schedule, that happens right during their bye week after Halloween. Halloween is also in their bye week. So, uh, yeah, I think they throw them in against the Chiefs in week 10. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Yom Kippur. Josh Rosen. Someone someone has to do it. We got to represent one of these holidays, uh, Jewish holidays earlier. Uh, Yom Kippur, not Yum Kippur, I realized when I was trying to spell it out a little earlier. And this is more about Sam Bradford uh, and his health. I'm not predicting an injury, but whether whether it's an injury or just that they start out 0-2, I think Rosen's kind of competing against himself in camp. And if he looks as good as as they hope, then Bradford's going to have a really short leash and or just uh, you know might get hurt. I can week three. I, I can totally see a Mahomes. That's week. Smith. That's week. That's after week two, by the way, for for those listeners who don't know. My, mine is just I'm, I'm looking at it in a Mahomes Smith uh, sort of way, and I think that the Cardinals aren't the team that the Chiefs were last year, mm. so that hurts my, my cause a little bit. But in, in terms of the quarterbacks, um, healthy Sam, I just... And, and they have a new coach. If you, I think when you have a coach under fire who, who's, who's not seen as being paired with the new quarterback but maybe inheriting the new quarterback, I think those coaches have to use all resources if yeah. the team is not shining. Uh, there we go. Okay. We're going to go to our next quarterback. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up with Lamar Jackson, the last of well, the, the big five. I was going to say Kyle Laletta by Christmas, but we, oh, we can, oh, no, we can. I, I was going to you bump, know, bump. send it if anyone had any surprise uh, options I mean, at the very end. The Giants are eliminated by them because their quarterback has held them back all year. Wow. They finally ha- are forced to acknowledge that Eli Manning is past his prime and no longer able to elevate his teammates. And they want to get a look-see at Kyle Laletta to figure out what Put on the Christmas music. It's a, it's a Merry Christmas, not in the man household, your streak is done again. Do you have to flat out release Eli Manning this time when you make that kind of a decision? Wow, that's a good question. Well, just because I, uh, it, it was such a disaster. What about for them Davis last Webb, year? by the way? No. I mean, why? If they believed in no. Davis Webb, why go get right. Kyle Laletta? Both Davis Webb fans would be really upset. And Charlie Casserly has guaranteed us all that Kyle Laletta is the real. They've dude. been talking up Davis Webb like the Bills have been talking up uh, Nathan Peterman. Yeah, I don't, don't, know. Tr- don't trust either of them. <laughs> I don't. All right, let's wrap it up with Lamar uh, Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. When does he start, Mark? I have this at National Bicarbonate of Soda Day, <laughs> which is December thirtieth. And that is week 17 against the Browns. And, I, and what I view is the Ravens that put – I think the Ravens are going to be there till the end to the, for the most part, but get eliminated in week 16 and say, why not roll with Lamar Jackson against a playoff-bound Browns team in week 17? Mm. Makes a lot of sense. Part of that was not true. You have that at what day? Uh, December 30th, National Bicarbonate of Soda Day. I have the same day, but I was calling it New Year's Eve Eve. New Year's Eve. Yours counts. probably a little more of New the Year's people. Eve, Eve Eve. New Year's Eve Eve. I like that. The Eve before New Year's Eve. So have they have they clinched the spot in the playoffs or yeah, they're they're they, out? Joe Flacco played so well all year. Wow. With this, with this overhauled 
really restocked Ravens offense that they, they're coasting toward a playoff berth at this point. And also, I hear that Joe Flacco, because they got Lamar Jackson, he's trying harder now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that, he is. That, that's something I like. That's a fact. I don't know. I mean, that's huge. That might actually be true. Right. <laughs> Steve Smith was teammates with Joe Flacco. I think he hinted at it on our air. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just reading between the lines there. Um, my uh, holiday is Russian Unity Day. It was created. Okay. Ooh, I almost went with that. 2004 celebrates the liberation of Moscow. Uh, from Polish troops in 1612. I think that the Ravens uh, run into a, a string of unfortunate circumstances. They have the Titans, Saints, and the Panthers, and then the Steelers on November 4th. And I mm. think after that loss to the Panthers, uh, they decide it's time after moving Joe Flacco further and further towards the sideline on these plays where Lamar is at quarterback, they finally just move him onto the sideline and just mm. let Lamar play. I think that makes that makes a lot of Wait sense. Wait a minute. This holiday that you mentioned was just created – in 2000 and something, and it yeah. celebrates something from the 1600s. It feels yeah. like they've missed their chance, their window there a little to maximize that day. They've been through some things. Right. There's been a lot of regime change there. So <laughs> different priorities of what they wanted to celebrate over the years. It's, okay, okay it's Russian little, historians. It's why a little it, confusing. Was it like, Poland Prussia at the time? The history is very rich here. <laughs> if you'd like to know more about that and Joseph Stalin's uh, vacation home, just watch uh, the Fox's foot, uh, soccer coverage. <laughs> was there a Poland in 1612, or was that Prussia? I mean, the the that, questions are yeah, good. Yeah, they're yeah. good but, ones. Hey, officeholidays.com. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm wrapping it up with Lamar Jackson, and I'm gonna say he does. Uh, he starts playing uh, right near the last day of Hanukkah, which this year is uh, December 10th. Partly because I believe it's going to happen, partly because I know Lindsay got Hanukkah music ready. <laughs> we should just prepare it. Nicely no, no, we should, done. We should just play it. Uh, unfortunately, Hanukkah wraps up this year on December 10th, mm. um, which is always, I think, unfortunate uh, for the Jewish kids out there. It's just like, wait, it's just way too early. You know what I mean? It's way too early. For you want it to kind of seamlessly roll overall. into Christmas? Well, you're not going to have the time off from school. I it wasn't a practicing Jewish kid, so I didn't celebrate anything. But just for the ones that did, it seemed like it's out of the way early. You're not, you're in school. It's like everyone's getting excited for the fun weeks later. It's it's better when it's later. Well, what we got to do is adjust the school calendar. Right. Well, that's not going to happen. Although quick, I do quick pre- update, by the way, Poland founded in 1025. <laughs> oh, okay. that, that, that goes back. I do appreciate that in LA, like there's way less traffic on Jewish holidays. So that's like a little gift that they give to to all of us. Greg always seeing the silver lining. <laughs> Mark, weep not for Eli Manning. I have figured out his future. Yeah. Ooh. Playing for the Moonhallers 2019. Ooh, I, like I like that. Maybe Flacco. Quarterback like Flacco's, with the Flacco's playing against his biggest rival because I didn't, I didn't set up the scenario because it's a little controversial here. Ravens aren't out of it, actually. They're seven and six at the time, but they just make the decision now is the time. Kind of a Colin Kaepernick scenario. Exactly. Like mm. Lamar, like Flacco's been okay, not terrible, but not great, and they just want to see realistic. it. They think he can bring The Harbaugh brothers like to do this. Or he runs out his effort meter because, <laughs> right. because he started trying harder. <laughs> right. There's Har- only so much you can go max. Or like five. four bones in his back are Fair like, point. we're done. Harbaugh, <laughs> in his heart, believes, because he needs a playoff spot to, to save his job, that Lamar Jackson actually is the guide to do it. It's a better story. To get him a contract. All right. We've done it. Patrick Claibon, you've said it all, uh, and we've done our best here without without Dan, without Colleen this week. They're going to be enjoying uh, their vacations. We're going to be enjoying our vacation next week. Mark has already put his computer <laughs> into the bag. You've already set up your out-of-office email. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that you could schedule that. You, you said have you to be a pro at these writers. things. He you said he scheduled the out-of-office email to start at 3 p.m. today. In over five years of working for... NFL media, I've never used the out-of-office no, feature I don't of the either. email. I'm an excellent worker that likes to keep my coworkers you know, up to date on where I am and when I'll be available to help them. And I'm never- also very corporate-friendly. Yeah, and you're never <laughs> yeah, never, you're never going to get cheated out of that. Soon we'll be, no. we'll be getting Sessler <laughs> that emails <laughs> that start from the desk of Mark Sessler. So yes. we, we will be back uh, the week after July 4th. I believe that's, uh, what is it? Uh, the 9th, I think, is, is the Monday. And we will be two shows that week and then quickly returning to three shows a week as we ramp up into training camp. I'm excited. Why don't we play some uh, New Year's Eve music as, as we 
leave today. It's kind of like an end of our year because our off season, it's short. It's three or four weeks long, but it's just about to start and let's party. For Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, and Patrick Claybon, I'm Greg Rosenthal. We'll see you on the other side. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.